0: Guess mark, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 I'm going to cook a meal that's going to make you mine We're turning up the oven, now we're ready to roast When you touch me, honey, you'll love the most Come on and put me in your loving shoes
2: Welcome to another BritFlix podcast. My name's Stuart Wright, and today I've got with me actor Sarah Lynn. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Now, we're here because you're in a movie called A Wounded Faun which i reviewed when it played at Fryfus, which i think was the world premiere yeah uh
3: the world premiere yeah um or the international one we were at uh tribeca first
2: how for you how was how was the world premiere from your point of view
3: so we did a whole like festival run and for me for, for me was my favorite experience it just felt it felt like uh close you know and um very friendly and very relaxed. Like from the, from the minute you get there, Paul McAvoy and and Alan Jones just show up. And I, after five minutes of meeting them, they're like, love you. Um, See you later. (laughs) 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 It was so friendly. It was so, so welcoming. Yeah. I absolutely love. Right.
0: Indeed.
2: Now your, your, your character in a wounded fawn is Meredith. Do you want to, do you want to tell us a bit about who Meredith is?
3: When we first meet her, we learn that she is just wrapping up the final loose ends of dealing with a very difficult relationship, mm-hmm. um, and she's you know more or less at the end of her therapy with it. Her and her therapist, she and her therapist, are like, "You're you're you're good. Uh, I think you're ready to move on." And so she goes to have a nice weekend with a man she meets and ends up falling into a trap <laughs> immediately Indeed she does yeah um yeah i guess that's that's in a nutshell what happens what i what i like about her and what i really wanted to give her um in the performance is that she is no longer instinct injured she has been the babe in the woods and has now learned and gained wisdom and so when red flags come up she doesn't just she doesn't miss them she doesn't ignore them she doesn't push them away she evaluates them and chooses whether or not to proceed, um, and, and she does, uh, to her, her possible doom, of course, mm. but she isn't going in blindly. Um, Indeed. It's nice to give her that.
2: Yeah, when I, when I concluded my review, where I said that where Jacob's ladder took, up, took you up to heaven, a wounded fawn is more like a slide down the snake into a waking but deserved hell.
3: Yeah, I like that. It's
2: because uh, it is. I mean, in a way, I mean, without giving too, I won't without giving too much, without giving any story away. It is, it is one hell of a kind of visceral, anesthetic ride. It's like it's, it's beautiful on the one hand, but on the other hand, it's like it feels like you're being punished sometimes. But it's, but that's a that's a that's a good thing in a horror in a horror film.
3: Yeah, exactly. It's what you want. It's what you want. Indeed, so, keep it beautiful, but like keep it scary.
2: Indeed. Um. Well, look. I've got you on to do the three films that impacted everything in my adult life. And you've given me three films, and we're going to talk about those. Uh, We'll do five minutes on each one. And for the listener that's not heard this font before, whenever the five minutes are up, we will hear this sound. Which is the end of five minutes. You hear that okay? Yeah. Beautiful. Right then, without further ado, we'll start with the oldest one, which is the Wizard of Oz. What is it What is about Wizard of Oz that's had an impact on you in all your adult life? Where does it start for you? Where do you watch it?
3: It started for me as a kid. It's the movie I've watched more than any movie by orders of magnitude. I would mm. watch it like at least once a weekend um, and throughout the week, throughout, I don't know, from the time I can remember until I was about six or seven. Um, it was my favorite movie um i'd usually watch it the most at my dad's parents house when we'd go there on the weekends they had a whole closet uh with shelves of um vhs tapes of things they'd recorded off the t- television really so that's what I'd watch. i had a, a, a tape that had the commercials it had like uh double mint gum and maxwell house coffee and like <laughs> B&O speaker ads in between it all and you know all the lines and the what do you call that anyway uh yeah it was on old uh off the tv VHS that I'd watch
2: it's it's amazing when I think back because when I was a kid when I first saw it it was a film that it's almost like it, it, though it's a universal film it's one it's a scary film in a kid's in a kid's <laughs> mind isn't it
3: Yeah, it is. I used to have nightmares about the Wicked Witch um, and, you know, always wanted to dress like Glinda and and to to this day have uh, a thing for like sparkly red shoes Mm. and eventually made myself a pair of Converse covered in sequins so I could have some ruby slippers. But it was Glinda and all the pretty stuff as a kid. And now I'm like, Margaret Mitchell's dress as the Wicked Witch is like... (laughs) <laughs> the ultimate dress the tailoring on that is exquisite so yeah
2: what for you what for you is like a, a favorite scene what was like what would you have like would, was the scenes if you're watching that many times was the scenes that you rewound and stuff to to watch again and again or was the film was the scenes <laughs> you really would, look forward to
3: i would watch it all the way through i remember being really confused by certain things sort of the more grown-up jokes the the um shoot I don't remember his name, but the the guy who plays all the different characters when she gets to his like caravan and he puts on his turban and gives her a reading right before the the um tornado shows up. I remember just being like, What is he talking about? Why is he talking <laughs> like that? Um, I love that uh, I really loved the scene where the witch got melted because I had no idea how they did it and it was spooky,
2: and I liked anything spooky as a kid. And essentially,
3: oh, of course, the Emerald City. Yes, and that whole song is hilarious. Get up at twelve, start to work at one, take an hour off lunch, and then at two we're done. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's um, it's fascinating. It's weird to me, like now, because even today, sort of doing some teaching, it came up because it is the perfect way of describing the break into act two from act one, because you're literally no longer in Kansas anymore. So it's like trying to explain to a student what it means to be, not being able to go back in the story. You can only go forward. And wizard of Oz still is the best example of, of how that process works.
3: Yeah. 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 The, 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 I still think like, what am I supposed to do? I've got all these things to do. Just, Oh, the yellow brick road. Just put one foot in front of the other and go. And uh, I don't even think I I register how often that movie uh, I
2: reference it in my own mind. So if you watched it, would you, would your grandparents sit and watch it with you? Was that was that a part of the part of the fun for you?
3: Sometimes. Uh, I mean, my grandpa had a shtick where he he could hear it in the other room, and he'd come in and uh, change the channel right as she'd open the door, and he would be like, "You had the color turned off," and then he'd turn the color on with the clicker. Right as- huh? No. How did you know? <laughs> so that was cute, but I think I think mainly they put the movie on so that we, you know, be, be quiet and get out of their hair for a little while.
2: <laughs> I like I like the um, I mean the, the 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 video the video the films of that have been videoed off the television as a as a point of you know as a thing to watch over and again, which is like that was the liberating thing about video compared to any other thing you know at the time. I mean, obviously, we live in an age where we just can zap it down whenever we want it on demand wherever we're stood in the world yeah whereas yeah, it's true. it was a fixed point and I guess there's that kind of it's almost like ceremonial isn't it the uh especially if you were got, if going to the grandparents is part of the ceremony then knowing that when yeah. you got there Wizard of Oz was yeah. waiting for you
3: and I mean I I hate watching ads now but if I could see those old ads as like weird artifacts from what would I, you know my childhood i would really enjoy that so like recording a show with the ad breaks you know, it was really charming i kind not miss it
2: i'm gonna i could just see we had two seconds left there and i thought well that's the perp- i don't need to say anything more now <laughs> okay right then moving swiftly along mm-hmm. to uh 1971 so we're jumping ahead in the 20th century now to a mm-hmm. film called Harold and Maud where do, where does where does that where do, where do you find that What's when where's that a discovery for you
3: um when i finished high school i started knitting bought a didgeridoo long story and uh just started going to the to the video store and renting stacks of movies and just watching them all day my aunt recommended Harold and Maud and i thought it sounded boring because I, I, I was about 16 i guess um, at that time I was still like, Oh, black and white is boring. Old movies are boring. You know, <laughs> that kind of stuff.
2: I know that um, stick.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so I, wa- I, I rented it for some reason. And as it started, I was like, what, what, what is this? This music sounds old and it looks old and la da da. And, and it, when you finally see his feet fall off the chair, It just, it was so arresting. And then you find out that it's a joke. And I had to pause it. I was laughing so hard. And I don't, it was the first time that I recall seeing such, you you know, very much gallows humor. Mm, Literally. Quite quite, um, in the world. And didn't know that other people thought that was funny. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't I it, it, I didn't know you were allowed to make a movie about something like that like what so it felt really um kind of badass and kind of punk rock and I thought the movie was just hilarious all the way through and made me weep and I I've just loved it ever since recently um a friend of mine works she's a film archivist at Paramount okay. and she and her team restored um the the original print of harold and maude and they had a big screening at the arrow in santa monica and so we went and it was a revelation for two reasons um one it's a much it's a colorful movie yeah like she's wearing a bright pink like it's just full and full of color and what i had seen was much more Um, so that was exciting, and it was also I realized the very first time I had watched it with other people that I only ever watched the movie alone. Oh wow! And was shocked at when people would or wouldn't react because it didn't match sort of my
2: <laughs> ex- amazing
3: assumed was universal. Yeah, it was. It was fascinating watching it with a, it was a, 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 a packed theater, not a seat empty.
2: Yeah, I mean, I my. I didn't see this till later in life. I saw this uh, weirdly on a Valentine's date. with My wife, we, uh, which, which, you know, we came out of it thinking that wasn't necessarily the right. I mean, it was a beautiful film, but, but yeah. it's, but it's not a Valentine date movie. And, uh, but yeah, I was, I'm with you. The, the, even, even though I was, even though I was, I was older and sort of, had seen sort of um, ideas of gallows humor in that the way, the way it starts. Cause I just had these preconceptions going to be this sweet seventies movie. Um, <laughs> You know that the, the the poster doesn't make you think anything otherwise.
3: No, no.
2: And then we go into this obsession, and, the, and then this dark, dark reveal that sort of breaks your heart. Um,
3: yeah, it does, and it and it's really like quite gentle uh, at the same time. It's yeah. just like sort of this. I, I I don't know of any other movie that that has or you know sort of plays with those tones in the way that it does
2: well in, in in a fun in in, in i mean this is a, in in a funny way in what you were describing before about about Meredith having been sort of once bitten twice shy as it were in terms of male violence in the sense of yeah. you know the maud character just cannot you cannot frighten her you cannot that she survived something so much bigger than any of us could imagine so so this so this 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 young boy who thinks he's who thinks he knows everything yeah. revealed to know nothing at all about life. And and what yeah. and how precious it is. It's like it's such yeah. a such a such a vibe. To get that lesson from a film is is just so life-affirming, isn't it? In in the in yeah in its own.
3: And it never like as many times as I watch it, it never feels saccharine. It never feels like sort of a fluffy flower child message, mm. even though like it's very hippie in its ways. But like it is a it is a it's a very punk rock film. Like it doesn't really pull its punches, even though it is gentle in 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 ways. Anyway, but I, just, I think it's,
2: it. I think the gentleness of it is what is the is the kind of like is the soft soaping of you really. You're kind of you you're. It hits you with such a brutal punch in the end that all, all of that gentleness is is that if you think of everybody's surface, I'll stop the clock.
3: Oh man!
2: I told you. <laughs> Uh, if you think about everybody's surface we we only see what we see it's only when we get to know someone and they allow us in and they tell us their secrets so not and not all secrets people want to tell you so the fact that he eventually gets to learn what it is about her yeah that he couldn't work out and then we find out as an audience it's so powerful uh yeah. well, you know yeah, you, think, really you think oh it's an eccentric old lady isn't that fun when in fact she's a woman that just lives every breath that she lives because she never thought she'd see any of it, and that's yeah. a lesson we can yeah. all learn. Um,
3: yeah.
2: Moving into the new millennia for the next one, we've got Mulholland Drive from two thousand and one. Where do you want to start with that? Did you see this at the cinema, or was this uh, was this a a home viewing?
3: Same period, um I had heard David Lynch well i the only David Lynch movie I had seen um so I watched Mulholland drive again when I was sixteen when was okay, high school. yeah, the only one of his I'd seen prior to that was The Elephant Man, which breaks my heart like i am I'm, I'm incapacitated watching the Elephant Man. Like, that movie destroys me uh anyway, I wanted to watch some of his other things. Rented it all the way that they had at the local video store. I think I watched Mulholland Drive first. Um, I I don't exactly I don't have as many specific touch points for this, but I was I was shaken for days uh, because really? it felt like I wasn't aware if I was awake or asleep, or, like conscious or dreaming but I'm watching it on a screen yeah. and the way I described it, you know, my dad asked how I liked it. And I said it, I feel like while I was distracted watching the movie, he came along, took me all apart and then put me back together in the wrong order. And now I don't know how the world works anymore. Like it really was, uh, not a, not a pleasant experience per se, but, but very interesting and very curious. And I think it was, um, I mean, unforgettable, yeah. an indelible experience and really open, started opening me up to more abstract art and forms of storytelling and, you know, the possibility, possibility. Of films.
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess because fil- film, certainly David Lynch films as, as wild as they can be, they were very accessible because You could get them in your local video store. It wasn't like you had to hunt high and low, or you could go to the cinema and see it. So, in in what if if for it to have such an impact, did did it? I'm guessing in the short term, it may have even spoiled the next few films you watch because the 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 experience couldn't be matched at that point. If you've been taken apart and put back together again,
3: I mean, I just remember walking around in a daze for days for afterwards. Um, It didn't. I think I was actually relieved to um go back to to get rid of that mm. <laughs> and sort of forget about it. Uh, it wasn't it took it took time for me to come around to like enjoying and and more like appreciating it. It was just a very curious experience that t- I think took me a very long time to to process. and like I was always a, a easily scared as a kid, but also like really obsessed with anything that would scare me. <laughs> so mm. like I would always watch these scary movies, but then I'd be like, just destroyed by it. like so scared not like scared in a fun way like really really scared but I couldn't stop watching them and uh and and so I don't know I don't know how that fit in with this but it was it was just sort of like a new kind of scary feeling
2: no and, no no I mean for me I've I've with 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 that kind of that, that period of, of David Lynch it was for me it was always like um the first time I'd almost always instinctively go, well, that was stupid. And like, just be angry <laughs> at the film. Like instead because because I, I did, I couldn't work it all out. So therefore it was the film's fault, not mine. And, and then you'd go back and see it again when you're not as surprised by some of the elements that some of the decisions that are made that you're kind of, that make you kind of go, well, don't stop, don't do that. And then you, you get through it the second time and you're like, all right, I see this is, and, and the idea of constructing a film, which if film is like a dream, then, then things can be obtuse. You know, they don't, they don't have to all be logical or linear in the way that we expect them, but that's a hard watch when you're, when you do it the first time.
3: It was a very hard watch, especially with no, I had no prior experience. Like there was nothing going into it to prepare me for it or like, Oh, that sort of reminds me of these other strange movies. Everything else was pretty straightforward. Um, it, it's, it's also scary, but it's hard to put your finger on how um, Travis and I watched it a few years ago when we first met Yeah, um, his projector. And when my friend and I, and I always called like the man behind the dumpster, the, the poop man, yeah. I don't know what the name of him is. <laughs> and, and now I know that it's Bonnie, uh, Bonnie Ahrens who I got to work with and meet on Jacob's wife, which is amazing. But that was such a scary character. And when we were watching it, Travis and I on his projector, something was wrong with the wiring in his projector. And there's a very loud noise when she appears on screen hmm. and it would short circuit the, the thing and it would shut, it would just go to black. And finish so finish your thought, finish your thought. It was like, it was like the poop man has escaped into <laughs> our world, <laughs> blasted the wires. We were terrified. We were terrified.
2: That's almost <laughs> like perfect art. Yes, Indeed. Well, look, we've come to the end of your uh, three films that impact on everything in my adult life. That was a great job. Thank you very much.
3: Thank you. I'm going to
2: remind the audience of your three choices, which is The Wizard of Oz from 39, Harold and Maude from 71, Mulholland Drive in 2001. Now, I didn't ask you this before, but having talked about them now, do you think there's any theme be- like link that would link the three together that would make you choose this three? Is there anything that's, from what we've talked about, anything... St- Anything spring up to mind?
3: It, it had not occurred to me at all.
2: Because um, it's a, I'm just thinking because it's a conscious decision to pick whichever. Because you could have picked a lot of threes, couldn't you? I suppose
3: I could have, but it didn't feel like there were a lot for me to choose from because those, those. Mulholland yeah. well, Drive was a harder one to pick, but Harold and Maude and espe- the, the Wizard of Oz was like absolutely had to. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I suppose there's there's a a theme between the three about like uh, fantasy versus reality and like you know
2: yeah 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 yeah
3: the, the the loss of illusion um i don't know now i'm like oh i should send this to my psychologist and be like e- <laughs>
2: <laughs> what does it all mean well look let's tell <laughs> let's t- when can people see a wounded fawn and how can they see it
3: december 1st on shutter brilliant and um we haven't planned it yet but we'll tweet about it so that everyone will know uh we're going to do a live tweet watch along uh on the first um but i'll figure out the details to that as as we as we talk with them
2: brilliant well look it just gives me to say thank you very much for giving us your time on the britflix podcast
3: thank you so much this is a pleasure really fun